Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for building a happier life. This week, we'll talk about why you should control your exit and why it matters a lot if things are convenient. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, and I never want to exit from her presence. Oh, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. Um, and Gretchen, I will say, I think after six nights of the nine of us sharing mom and dad's apartment, you might have been a little happy to say goodbye. <laughs> Just guess. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty tight, but it was wonderful. Oh, it was great. So a, a quick update before we launch in. Um, okay, so a couple of episodes again, I put out my plea for people to help give me ideas for how I should title my book about the four tendencies. I want it to be the four fill-in-the-blank tendencies or the four tendencies of blank. And I've gotten a lot of great ideas. I'm still pondering them. Keep sending them to me because I love them and they're very thought-provoking. But I'm going to challenge you too. Can you think of a, an action or a concrete word? Um, I'm trying not to use an abstract word, but a concrete word. Like my, my model is the five love languages. You know, it's really concrete. It's really descriptive. I can't come up with that word. Everybody is so brilliant. Keep thinking. Send them to me. If you think of them, and I do think you have some contenders already. I have yes, there's definitely contenders, but I, I'm I'm still I'm still obsessing over it. Yeah, now, and Elizabeth, what's your update? Well, I have to tell you that you know at the end of the year, I was just behind on everything, and I kept having to give myself demerits for being you know behind on various things. So I just want to report to you, my happiness bully, oh, yeah. <laughs> that I got my car serviced. Yay! I um, got my hair cut and colored. Excellent. Three and a half hours at the salon, <laughs> and. You'll remember in our Home for the Holidays, Kansas City edition episode, I said as my New Year's resolution, I was going to start Jenny Craig. Yeah. Restart. Well, I did it. I restarted. So I'm doing it. Excellent. Totally fine. No problems. And I have to say, in addition to that, I was had the option just to like buy the food and not actually have the meeting every week and get weighed and all of that. And I didn't do that. I'm going to somebody every week, she, Monique. She's weighing me. She's grilling me about my exercise and whatnot. So full obliger accountability. Excellent. Here. Excellent. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not obsessing about it or making it a huge thing. I'm just going to like go with it and, you know, see what happens. Well, you started the year on a very solid footing. That was That's crossing a lot of things off your list. Yeah. So that's my update. Excellent. Okay, so this week, our Try This at Home tip is to control your exit. And I got this idea from a family friend. And it's the idea that when you go into a situation, you want to know how and when you can leave. I've got to say, it sounds sort of negative, like you're not wanting to do something right from the get go. You're like, how can I end this? Well, I think there is, kind. I think admittedly there is kind of a slightly negative aspect to this, but if it's appropriate to the situation, I think a lot of times we can enjoy it more when we know that we can leave when we want, when we're not at the mercy of somebody else's decisions. And so it's helpful to think about how can I set everything up so that if I'm ready to leave, I can exit the way and at the time that I want to. 
So what are some of the tips to control? Okay, well, let's say you're going to a party. You could drive yourself to the party instead of getting a ride because that way you can leave when you're ready instead of being dependent on when someone else is ready. Ah, you can also Uber. Or Uber, right. Yeah, that opens up a whole... And then once we have driverless cars, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, and then I have to say that the person who told me about... The friend who told me about controlling your exit, he he was really focused on controlling your exit in like a negative way almost, as you said. And his ideas were when you're meeting somebody, go to their house or to a public place so Uh. that you can leave. Because if you have people over at your house, you can't actually kick them out when you're ready to go to bed. You know what I've heard people in France do Mm. is when you're hosting a party, you serve orange juice when you want the guests to leave. So everyone knows when the orange juice comes out, start saying your goodbyes, which I think is so great because it's this ta- nobody has to say anything, but it's understood. And because it's a ritual, it's not considered rude. It's just considered the end of the party. Well, and it kind of makes it like a little celebration or a little ritual thing. That's fantastic. I, we should start that in the United States. Yeah. Or it, his other idea was that if you had to have people over to your house, you would do it before an event, like before uh-huh. a dinner reservation or before a movie, um, so that by a certain time, everybody had to get going. And... I, I have to say there is a sort of like keep it moving aspect to it that appeals to me um, about control your exit. Yeah. See, I'm more of a linger. You know, I'm more of a I don't I, don't, I like the idea of hanging out. So I'm not quick to want to leave a place once I'm there. I will say, though, the beauty of having a child is <laughs> it, it gives you free reign to leave any event at any time if because you can always just say, I have to relieve the babysitter, <laughs> or you can say, oh, he's melting down. We really need to go if the child's with you. Right. We definitely, the new puppy is sort of like, oh, we got to go home. We've got a new puppy. It's like, okay, what, 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 the new puppy is just asleep, but it's, it's there. Um, well, my husband, Jamie, is very much into controlling exits. This is something that's really important to him. And he will almost never go to a party that's on a boat because uh. we live in New York City. So from time to time, people will have things on boats and he can't stand it because he's like, I'm stuck there for the whole time. I can't leave. And so he won't go often. I'm just curious. Is he someone who often wants to leave early or is it just the idea of not being able to leave that bothers him? It's really just the idea that that that, um, that bothers him. It, it, I think it's feeling trapped. But there's a flip side with Jamie, which I really treasure, which is when I'm doing something, I get in this mode where I sort of forget that I could leave or that I, I lose track of time. And what happens when I'm on my own is I, I sometimes stay too long or I, I, I wear myself out. And then, ah. and, but Jamie's really good about saying now is the time to go. And I remember this most vividly at our wedding. It's mm. our wedding night. We're there with all our family and friends and we're having a wonderful time. But, you know, I'm getting overwrought. I don't even realize it. And all of a sudden he comes up to me and he goes, now it's time for us to go. And I remember my heart just melted. And I was like, you're right. It is time for us to go. And I want to go. I need, let's go. And it was just like my knight in shining armor saying, we've had a wonderful night and now it's time for it to be over. And so I really value this in Jamie that he can kind of see the moment where we've had a great time. Let's not push it another half hour where maybe things are going to kind of you know, be less fun. 
This also goes to, I don't know if people in New York do this, but in L.A., there's the people who think you should ghost out of a party, meaning don't say goodbye to anyone, don't say goodbye to the host, just leave. Oh, I like that term. Yeah. Well, because it can be quite exhausting to say your goodbyes. Yeah, that's the that's the toughest thing. And you're always interrupting the host to yeah. say goodbye. It's like they're in the middle of a conversation and then you're just barging in yeah. to say, I'm leaving. So... Um, you know, I'd be interested to know if people think that's rude or in a way if that just should just be the new normal, like not, you know, leaving a voicemail. It's kind of the equivalent. We need the orange juice. Clearly we yeah. need orange juice, the orange juice ritual. Um, well, let us know if you think it's important to control your exit and if so, how you do it. Twitter, Facebook, you can email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or as always, you can go to happiercast.com slash 47. This is the episode 47 for all the information and links and stuff for this episode. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. Gretch, you know I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. Alyssa, this week, the better-than-before habit strategy that we're going to talk about is the strategy of convenience. And in Better Than Before, my book about habit change, I talk about 21 strategies of habit change. And I love them all. They're all super powerful. But I have to say the strategy of convenience is one of the most powerful and the most universal because it really helps just about anyone. Yeah, I know whenever I'm struggling with something and you and I are talking, you always say, well, how can you make it more convenient? Like, uh, for example, remember when I was struggling with my blepharitis, my eye <laughs> ailment, which, by the way, several people have emailed because they have the same problem. So I appreciate that. Um, it was all about how can you make it convenient, uh, you know, to to wipe your eyes with the little medicated pads. And and what is the blepharitis update, Elizabeth? Are you are did, um, did you conquer it? I I conquered it, but then what happens is I'll conquer it and then I'll drop the cleansing and then it comes back. So I'm I'm still a bit of a struggle, but I'm. Uh, I guess I'm semi-managing it, let's say. Well, it, the thing about the strategy of convenience is that to kind of an almost preposterous degree, we're extremely influenced by whether something is, how much work there is to do it. I mean, even my, my, one of my favorite examples is they did this study in a cafeteria with an ice cream cooler. If the ice cream cooler lid was left open, 30% of the people bought ice cream. And when the lid was closed, only 14% body cream, even though it was perfectly visible through the lid. You could see it. All you had to do was to open the lid. Right. And that itself, and like if, if you have tongs instead of spoons on a salad bar, people take less food because it's just that much ah. more work to use tongs. 
But so when we're thinking about habits, it's always exactly like with the, with you. Always think, how can I make this as easy as possible? Because even the slightest shift in convenience can make a big difference. So the most obvious example is like, if you're you get a new job and you're thinking, should I pay a little more for the gym that's across the street from my new office, or should I save a few bucks and go to the one that's a block away? It's only a block away, and I'm going to exercise anyway. Why not go a block out of my way? No. If you can afford it, it's like make it as easy as possible because that convenience will really matter. Yeah, and I know like some people sleep in their exercise clothes. Like Mike, (laughs) one of my best friends in college, he rode crew, and so he would sleep in his crew clothes. Uh, So he only had to wake up and put his shoes on at like 6 a.m. or whatever. I mean, whatever works. And here's something that I did. One of our listeners, um, well, we talked about hard-boiled eggs, and we heard from a lot of listeners. And a couple of people recommended like a heart, like a, a thing that you can use that only hard boils eggs, you know, so you don't even have to have a pan. Right. You just, it's like specially dedicated. Now, usually as an underbuyer, I do not like specially like gizmos. Gadgets. That, yeah, gadgets that only have one function. Um, but this, I was like, it's going to make it more convenient to make hard boiled eggs because it's always like very mysterious. Like, when are they done? And I don't know how much water to use. And I can't, I mean... I got one for myself. I use it all the time. I got one for you for Christmas. I got one yes. for dad for Christmas. I'm like, this is the greatest thing of all time because hard-boiled eggs are a super convenient, healthy food. And this gizmo makes it super convenient to hard-boil them. And so now my, both my daughters eat hard-boiled eggs for breakfast. It's a great breakfast. It's great. Like, it, it, So it's it's just that much easier. And so we're just that much more likely to do it. Yeah, we should say that's the it's a Krups hard-boiled egg maker. If anyone's, I don't know exactly what it's called, but yes, if anyone wants to jump on the hard-boiled egg <laughs> yes. train, which by the way, I told Sarah about it yesterday. Excellent. So I think she's getting one. <laughs> you know, and of course, the ultimate in convenience is the great gift you gave to me, which I've mentioned many times on the show, which is my treadmill desk. Oh yeah, because it's you know how much more convenient can it be to exercise than having a treadmill in my office that's like also has a computer and a phone on it. I mean, there's just no reason not to be walking. I have to say, I think that me getting you that and me getting Jamie a subscription to Sports Illustrated, those are like the two (laughs) all-time best gifts that I've ever given in my life. So, (laughs) Well, I would second that on my end for sure. It's funny though, Gretchen, because one thing... This reminds me of, which is kind of in a, a bigger sense of convenience, is, you know, the whole getting Jack to school on time. Because um, he's about, his school is about five or six miles from where we live, but there's a ton of traffic. Yeah. Um, and I'm always telling Adam, we need to move closer to the school because it would just be so convenient to be able to just, you know, zip over there right. and drop him off quickly. And then we, it would be easier to be on time. Yeah, you could get up later. You'd have like a more leisurely morning because you wouldn't have to allow so much time just for the commute to the school. Yeah. Yeah. And because people, a lot of people live right near the school, of course, we could have, um, it would be easier to make play dates because they're just right there, maybe less than a mile away. Whereas now it's a little more of an ordeal. Um, so that's my long-term convenience plan, just so you know, is I'm working on Adam ah. to move closer to school. So we'll see. That's kind of the five-year plan, I would say. Yeah. But another thing about convenience is a lot of times people say to me, like, well, I want to help somebody else change a habit. So how do I help someone else change their habit? And in some ways, 
that's hard to do. And I write about that a lot and better than before. But one of the easiest ways that you can help someone else keep a habit is can you make that that habit more convenient for them? Can you take over some aspect of it so it's more convenient? So for instance, if you want somebody to take medication, you could like um, leave the pill by the coffee pot so they see it when they're getting their first cup of coffee. You could make the doctor's appointments. You could uh, make mm. it your task to pick up the medication at the pharmacy so they don't have to go get it. You can grease the wheels because sometimes it's just there's some like little thing that prevents them from doing it. And if you can make it slightly more convenient, it, it gets easier. Yeah, I know on the medication front, I got finally a pill box, you know, that has the pills for every day. And I am so much more likely to not miss a day of medication because I have that little pill box because I can just put my pills in my hand and take them right away as opposed to opening up all the different bottles and rummaging through the drawer for the pill boxes and all of that. So, um, and you could do that for someone else too. Right. And you can just stick it in your bag and it's clear, like, did I take it? yesterday yes. and I, yeah, no that's a great that's a great idea because sometimes you can say to yourself well this is not my job but I will choose to do this for someone out of love for them you know I'm going to yeah. do this because it's going to make it easier for them to do something that I I want them to do and so I'm just going to take over this part of it um, even if kind of technically you'd say like well it's your it's your issue you should be the one managing it yeah well maybe you can make it easier if you make it more convenient they might stick to it better yeah, and um, you know, one other thing is, I think you can sort of know yourself better in the sense of if you are not wanting to make something more convenient, ask yourself why. Ooh. For instance, this applies to me because my doctor told me there's a new, you know, I have a glucose monitor, 24-hour wireless monitor right. that I keep in my purse and I take it out throughout the day and check my blood sugar number for my diabetes, type one diabetic. But there's a new version of my monitor that actually it goes, if you get an uh, iPhone or an iWatch, you know, what what are those called? Mac watch. Apple, Apple watch. Apple watch. You can have the readout of your glucose monitor on your watch oh my God. as a default. So I could literally glance down and see my blood sugar number any second of the day. Wow. Um, but I haven't, I haven't gotten it yet because I'm just like, oh gosh, now that's even more accountability for my blood sugar. I can't even <laughs> know it's high and sort of keep it in my purse and not glance at it. I would like really be seeing it. So um, that's something I clearly should do. Um, well, this is, I mean, that's a great example of how the more convenient it is to get that information, the more likely you are to act on it. And so, um, so right, the, the, so the strategy of convenience it's powerful. Um, it works for anybody, no matter what your tendency, no matter what kind of person you are. We're just much more likely to do things when they're convenient. And speaking of using the strategy of convenience to help you shape your habits, we have a special guest right now who is going to talk to us about this cool project that she's got going that's related to habit formation. It's great to have Mary Harris here in the studio in New York City. She's the host of a terrific WNYC podcast called Only Human, which is all about health in a way that we can, we can all relate to. And she's here for a super quick visit to tell us about what she's doing, and we're going to have her come back in a couple weeks to report. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be here. And Mary, you guys are doing a really interesting project over there all about keeping health and fitness resolutions fitting for the new year. That seems like something that our listeners uh, and us would be interested in. So we asked you to stop by and here and tell us about it. 
So it's all about creating a new habit, which I know your listeners are really into. So we wanted to share it with you. And here's the thing. I have really lofty ambitions at the beginning of the year. <laughs> like every year, like I'm going to do it. This is the year that I'm going to work out. I'm really going to get fit. And then by February, I am totally falling off the wagon and not getting back on. So the deal is that if you go to our website, onlyhuman.org, and you'll sign up for the project. It's called Stick To It. Look for Stick To It sign up and you'll be directed to download an app to your smartphone Mm. that will remind you how to stick with your New Year's resolution to exercise. So it's it's something that'll give you push notifications. It'll check in with you and ask you if you've been doing the exercise you've promised yourself you'll do. It'll even give you ideas for what exercises you could do if you just kind of want to exercise, but you don't really know what you should be doing. It'll say, hey, here's a seven minute workout and here's how to do it, which is kind of great too. And you're working with Dan Ariely, right? Yeah, Dan Ariely, who's an expert in his, he wrote a book called Predictably Irrational, which is all about why we make decisions and how we can make better ones. So the idea is he has these workarounds in his own life. He actually has a contract with a friend of his where they have agreed they're going to do a certain amount of exercise. And if they don't do the exercise, they're punished for it. (laughs) No, punishment for him is like taking a Pilates class or drinking (laughs) some green juice. I love that. So it's not like they're really, but it's enough to keep them going. Right. And so we wanted to kind of simulate that a little bit for our listeners. It's not a contract. It's different. But the idea is you sign up and you're randomly assigned to a group to try to keep your habit. We're going to give you strategies to try to keep your exercise habit in particular. Now, I did a while back, I did an interview with Dan Ariely on my blog. So if any, I'll post the link on that in the show notes for happiercast.com slash 47. This is episode 47. Did you make a New Year's resolution this year? What are you working on specifically? You say okay. you have lofty ambitions. What I are do. They? This is not so lofty. But I have, <laughs> so I have two kids. So it feels lofty for me to work out three days a week, Uh even if it means waking up in the cold and the dark and doing it. Because for me, I'm a night person. So if I'm going to work out, I have to do it in the morning. And I just... Why do you have to do it in the morning? Well, then you're awake, right? Then you sort of like... For me, it wakes me up. It gets me more awake and then I'm not getting enough sleep. And then my kids are up at six in the morning and I'm bananas. So for me, I really have to get it over with at the beginning of the day. Otherwise, the whole day like falls off the wagon for me. Um, But it's not natural for me. So I really I needed something to keep me going. And this is I'm doing the project. So we'll see if it works. Now, can you give us any hints about what kind of things you guys are doing to get people motivated? I'm so curious. I know. So we have to keep it a secret because Dan is actually doing this as a real study where Mm. when you sign up for this, you're actually participating in science. And at the end, in March, we're going to be able to see what strategy worked the best. Mm. So exactly, a little drama. Um, you'll be randomly assigned to a group to try to stick with it. Well, so Mary, thanks so much for coming by. This is great. This was just a quick preview to tell people that it's out there. Go check it out. And we'll have you come back in several weeks to tell us what you learned. And I'm going to go on Only Human in March, too, to discuss the results from my own habit obsession perspective as well. (laughs) So thanks so much. This is great. Thanks, Mary. Thank you so much. Okay, demerits and gold stars. Elizabeth, you're up for demerit. Yes, I am. Um, So, okay, Gretch, here's my demerit. This week is a romantic demerit. Uh, Yes. 
uh, I guess I should say a romance demerit because um, it's not romantic. <laughs> um, it's the opposite of romantic. It's the opposite of romantic. So <laughs> when we were home in Kansas City for Christmas, uh, Adam and I had walked down to the plaza where we have shops, uh, yeah. you know, and restaurants near where our parents live. And as we were walking home, it started to rain. And we were sort of halfway uh, between the plaza and um, mom and dad's. And there's um, a hotel there. Yeah. And so as it started to rain, Adam said, oh, why don't we, you know, go into that hotel bar and get a drink and wait out the rain? And which sounded so fun and cozy and warm uh, and romantic. Yeah. But my knee jerk reaction was, no, we should get home because we're leaving tomorrow and I have to spend time with my parents and I, everyone might be expecting us and I don't know what's going on. And... It was just stupid because the fact is it was a very um, laid back situation. When we got home, everyone was napping or, you know, (laughs) reading. It's not as if people were waiting for us at the door. And it would have been a half an hour, you know, of having a glass of wine or something. And this kind of how many chances do I have living in L.A. to sort of duck out of the rain with my husband to get a drink, knowing that, you know, Jack's happy playing with his cousins. So... It would have just been a really nice moment, and I just ruined the moment by giving in to my sort of automatic anxiety that I bring to any situation. Well, I will I will say, though, in your defense, that as it turned out, you were missing nothing, but you said no out of a feeling of love and, like, wanting to make sure that you weren't, I mean, that everybody else wasn't waiting for you and sort of feeling like, oh, our time by the crackling fire isn't complete if Elizabeth and Adam aren't here. So, I mean, it came from a place of love. But in the end, you, yeah, I see. Yeah, I know. I wish I'd made the other choice. Right. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, live and learn. Next time I will, it'll be on the forefront of my mind to take advantage of the moment, whatever it is. Hopefully there'll be another moment, even if it's not (laughs) coming in out of the rain that presents itself where I can sort of uh, be more spontaneous and live in the moment. And a gold star Uh, for Adam. Because that was a great idea. It was. That's the thing. It was such a good idea. And I just squashed it. Ugh, hate that. But Let's move on now to a gold star. Gretch, what's your gold star this week? Well, so I'm copying my gold star because a, a listener, um, Jennifer in Houston, sent us in a gold star. And um, and I completely agree with it 100%. And, um, and so I wanted to mention it, which was she gave a gold star to museum memberships. You know, if you join a museum, you become a member. Mm. And I love this for a lot of reasons. We've done this in New York with several different museums, especially the ones that are near our apartment. Because the advantage is, first of all, selfishly, you don't have to wait in line. Because if you have a card, you can get it. You, know, you have like a special way yes. to get in. They, they they make it much faster for you to get in. So if you're if you're like have little kids and you're trying to get into the the, the Museum of Natural History, it is you know it's yes. too long to wait. You know even though there is a big cool dinosaur there to look at, no you got it. So having the membership does it. It's great for the museum. It supports them because you know they have your membership. And if you go more, it's actually a bargain. And 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 what I think is you know you pay up front, but then you can go as many times as you want for free. And what I like about it. And this ties back to the idea of strategy of convenience and make it as easy as possible to do the things you want yourself to do. Is that I used to, I mean, growing up, I don't know if you've had this feeling, but it was like if we went someplace, we had to drain every drop from it. You know, if we're going to go to a museum, we're going to go to that museum for hours or whatever, especially if we were traveling. 
Um, and I, and I kind of had that idea, but now that I have this card, it's like, you know, we can go for 20 minutes. We can go for, we can look at one thing or we go and then we sort of decide, eh, we're, we're not in the mood after all. Or um, we can stay as long or as short a time as we want. We don't have to feel like we have to get our money's worth. Yeah. And so then it's much more fun because you don't have this association of these long, you know, marathon visits. And you, it, it just makes it much more sort of bite-sized and appealing. And um, and so it, as a consequence, we go much more often. We go more briefly, but then we go more often. And so I think this this idea of getting a membership card is great because it just makes it so much easier. It's a way to support a museum, an institution that you... Um, that you value and and then it's just you know then you go more because it's easier yeah. to go and a lot of times there's other little benefits like you can go to a great exhibit like you have uh you know priority in getting tickets yeah. or whatever so yeah you other, get discounts or, discounts yeah. at the store and the, and the <laughs> cafe which is you know that's the best part so yeah a lot of advantages yes yes so thank you very much jennifer for suggesting that gold star because the minute i saw it i'm like oh man i'm nabbing that one for myself hmm. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home. Control your exit. Let us know if you tried it and how you controlled your exit and if it made you happier. Special thanks this week to Mary Harris, who stopped by to talk about what they're doing on Only Human. And she'll be back in a few weeks to discuss the results. Meanwhile, uh, to get the app to join the program, go to onlyhuman.org slash stick to it. Also, thanks to our producer, Henry Malofsky, and thank you to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Elizabeth and I are very excited because our live show is coming up soon, uh, January 21st at the Brava Theater in San Francisco. Hope to see you there. Come, bring your friends. And if you're coming, if you have bought your ticket or you're planning to come and you have a New Year's resolution, if you want to have an opportunity to be on the live show, email us your New Year's resolution um, and maybe we'll talk to you about it on the show. Um, send us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com and in the subject line, put New Year's resolution and tell us what resolution that you're hoping to keep in 2016. And if you know your tendency, also throw that in because that would be interesting to know. Can't wait to see what you're planning to do. And Gretchen, I want to add everyone who's coming to the live event gets a free copy of your book, Better Than Before. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Just another reason that the live show is going to be awesome. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. <laughs>